I V M. Welcome to episode twenty-nine of Edges and Sledges, our cricket podcast. With me this week, the three of us are back together. DJ's in London, Ashwin's in US, Ohio, and I'm in Singapore. So it's been an interesting week. We have an Asia Cup winner, India, which we would say is pretty much expected. But there were some hiccups along the way, which we'll talk about during this show. But I will just do a quick recap, and DJ, I'll just ask you to walk through. But since the last time we spoke, it was one day before the India-Pakistan game. Again, another hyped-up match. but uh, not much to write home about so dj yeah maybe just walk us through a little bit about india pakistan the matches to follow i know india tied with afghanistan and then pakistan and bangladesh literally became a semi final which was the winner as a road to the to the final and as we all know bangladesh won that so yeah any any thoughts on the wrap up before we talk about the final yes sir it was interesting that india pakistan was a failed match for the second time in a row all the hype before the tournament was india was going to play pakistan three times and we'll see who the winner is and there's some games just around that but they only played each other twice and india had a bit of a cakewalk each time pakistan were fairly atrocious dropping catches poor in the field i think they dropped nine catches out of 10 in their last two games which obviously resulted in them not qualifying for the final i mean bangladesh beat them as well afghanistan gave them a bit of a scare in the middle afghanistan and india had a tied match where sir jadeja decided to please fans of both sides by picking out the one man in the deep to when the score was tied with one run to get off two balls so that was interesting afghanistan left with at least their heads held high and i think they were the team everyone thought of the asia cup so the two surprises i think for us were afghanistan doing so well sri lanka not doing so well and pakistan not even making the final so I think that's it from my side. Yeah. I think the big highlight for me was Shahzad's hundred against India. Uh, he got a hundred and twenty-four, and I mean, he went into kind of Virender Sehwag mode. I don't really care. I'm going home tomorrow, and just smashed every ball. So that was good to watch, and it was nice to see the Afghanistanis doing well again. Yeah, and it's surprising actually. Do you know why Shahzad doesn't play the IPL with that kind of batting style? Yeah, it's a bit odd, but I think it's just he doesn't look like a cricketer. So yeah. I think people are worried about him getting through the whole season. I think he made a joke about his yo-yo test score, which was he said my score is twenty, and it's ten on the first day and ten on the second day. So uh, <laughs> I mean, I think people are just worried about him getting through the whole season. Obviously, the, there's lots of money at stake in the IPL. But yes, a team could look at him as maybe a replacement halfway through the IPL going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I like his style of batting. He kind of just. It's very Virender Sehwag-ish, if you uh, like, you mentioned. But the interesting thing for me on that game was uh, the captain of the Indian team for the India-Afghanistan game. It was great to see Dhoni walk out and and kind of captain his 200 ODI. Although I I think he would really have not been hoping for a tie. And I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2011, Dhoni had two ties as well: India-England in Bangalore World Cup and India-England at the Lords game, where DJ and I were sitting there. So interesting that Dhoni got his 200 ODI. Like DJ said, I think all of us were expecting an India-Pak final, but this new rivalry seems to have come up with India and Bangladesh over the last few years. I think I was reading somewhere that unfortunately Bangladesh in knockout games haven't won a single game in a tournament. So it, it's been tough from that perspective. Ashwin, thoughts on the final? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think DJ mentioned on the show last week this new rivalry between India and Bangladesh, and you were pretty quick to shoot it down, saying actually, you know, you know, it's not really a rivalry. So, but I mean, I think I think it's interesting. It's not if you really look back at the last couple of years of limited overs cricket, it's probably not a huge surprise. More than anything, when you really look at it, I'm not trying to sound harsh, but the the Pakistan victory in the Champions Trophy was the anomaly. This was not the anomaly, right? And so that that's what's disappointing. I think as a fan of the game, as a fan of Asian cricket, seeing politics and bureaucracy and stuff impact the Sri Lankan game, seeing all sorts of different things bring the Pakistani level of the game down, it, it's disappointing more than anything. So they are going to South Africa later in the year. I think they have a couple of other big series coming up. So hopefully that's the right, those are the right moves for the for the game for Pakistan. I mean, I would, I want India to, to win in those matches, but I obviously want there to be good matches and close matches. And seeing two complete wipeouts and Pakistan not even reaching the final was pretty disappointing for me. I think I'll echo what one of you guys said earlier, that Afghanistan's rise is just exciting. Like, we were messaging each other in the day, and I didn't, I genuinely, despite wanting India to win, didn't, I didn't feel unhappy at the result of a tie. I think we would have felt disappointed if we lost, but knowing that there wasn't anything at stake, I think this is just amazing for the game of cricket in that nation, and I think we are all hoping to see a continued rise. I think I read a stat this morning that Rashid Khan is now the number one T20 all-rounder, the number two ODI bowler after Jaspreet Bumrah, and the number one T20 bowler. So, just an unbelievable star. We've talked about him a lot, but overall good from that perspective. But I, I don't think the Asia Cup was a great advert for the for the game of cricket, sadly. I mean, they were not far from making the final, right? Against Bangladesh, it was one over from the face that mm-hmm. they couldn't get, I think, seven or eight off. So, Afghanistan, if they'd got a tie against India and had won that game, we would have been playing them instead of Bangladesh, I think, in the, in the finals. And I mean, I think Varun may have won his bet with his friend as well. So it was it, there was one over away. It was a fantastic over from the fizz, but I mean, Afghanistan were dominating that game for about a major part of it. So unfortunate for them, but I'm sure they'll only get better at closing out these close games. Absolutely. And talking of close games, the final was a very close game, right? So I think Nitin Das was just fantastic. I I don't know. I think this was his first century, but when they were about hundred hundred for zero, things were actually looking a bit scary because, especially because of our middle order, right? So, Litton Das was great, but after that, the collapse just started. And yeah, as DJ and Ashwin have asked me to call him King Kedar, he really kind of kind of stepped in, showed us his true metal, showed us that he's the all-rounder we've been looking for in Indian cricket. I, I honestly don't know how he does it. I have a theory, guys. I think his setup for the batsman is absolutely amazing. You know, the kind of setup that Vaseem and Vakar and all the great bowlers used to have. Because... The first ball is a straight ball. The second ball is a straight ball. The third ball is a straight ball. By this point, the batsman is thinking, man, he's really setting me up well. This is going to be a googly or an off-spin or it's going to turn the wrong way. It could be a yorker. And then what do you know? The fourth ball bounces and just goes straight on again. So he's actually just played completely with the batsman's mind. I think it's pure genius if you ask me. I, I, I'm surprised why more people don't do this in world cricket. But... Yeah, Ashwin thoughts on Kiran Yeah, Look, I mean, I know I hear the sarcasm in your voice and it's very interesting to see, but numbers don't lie. And really, like, the top order didn't do well in that final match. You know, the middle order that we needed, there was a good, decent cameo from Karthik. Dhoni put on a few runs, but nobody really stepped up to the plate. So with the bat, I mean, despite the hamstring injury, he came back onto bat, managed to get us over the line. And, and there's an element of, like, experience and temperament that 
enables enables you to you know keep your calm even in the pressure situation which is what dj was talking about that afghanistan don't have yet but also let's not let's remember you you're mentioning the straight balls and all but it, bangladesh was 120 for zero i think in 20 and a half or so overs they were batting at more than six runs and over they had all 10 wickets in hand including mushfiqur and some of these guys who've been in great form and jadav is the guy who broke the deadlock i mean he's so he's played nearly nearly 50 odis i believe it is now so he's he's gotten a decent amount of experience he averages over 40 with the bat he averages under 30 with the ball economy rate under 5 so he's a as much you can you can love to hate him but he's been a useful cricketer the question i have which we'll talk about as we talk you know closer to the world cup and future series is i don't know if there's room in the side for both him and hardik pandya because that's a liability with your batting. And so this worked out okay with Jadeja at seven, Kethar at six. I think that where how, how that lower order shakes out for India is going to be interesting. But but all credit credit to him. None of us were huge fans of his, but he stepped up to the plate and got India the Asia Cup win, mm-hmm. even if it was a pretty scrappy win. Fair enough. And that's why I don't... My dislike for him is more because I think we're not setting up for the future. But fair enough. So is it fair to say then, DJ, that... He has the spot confirmed because it seems like he's adding a lot of value to this team. I think if he's fit, he will play the World Cup. He will definitely be okay. in the first playing eleven. I mean, you've seen what he can do on one leg. He won us the game single-leggedly. He <laughs> uh, Also, remember against Hong Kong where we were struggling, he was the only one who kept the brakes on in the first game of the tournament. So, I don't know how he does it. And he bats. He's a good batsman. He, he keeps saying he's a batsman who bowls a little bit. KP interviewed him after the... Uh, after the final, he said he's a batsman who bowls a little bit. But he's got to make sure that he's fit for the World Cup. In which case, I think he will he will definitely win the starting team. But why do you hate him so much? That is what I want to know. He's, he's not taking Rena's spot because Rena is out of the reckoning. Because you yeah. hate him because you thought he's taking Rena's spot. Rena's not even in the reckoning now. Why do you hate Kedar Jadav or King Kedar so much? Man, I, I like I said, to me, it's literally a question of you're not building for the future. You've got some great guys sitting outside. And and yeah, like I said, I don't think his ball does very much. I think his batting, yes, he can hit the six, but he's not going to win you the game in a crunch match. Okay, maybe he did well in this final. But let, let, let's put Kedar aside for a second. Hold on. Let, um, can we accept that he did win us a game in a crunch match in a final? <laughs> fine, fine. He did. So, so it's bad. Which is what I'm saying. I think he'll play. I get that. But guys, tell me, and maybe Ashwin, I'll ask you, are we as fans missing something? Because all of us looked at this tournament and said, India is going to lose their openers in the finals. They're going to then struggle for our middle order. And it's going to be the repeat case of every large tournament that we've had for the last few years. And exactly that happened. So, so is it us that's missing something? Is it the selectors that's missing something? Is it the players that's missing something? The Hong Kong game was close. The Afghanistan game was a tie. The final against Bangladesh was close. So, pretty much all we did is our openers showed up really well against Pakistan in this Asia Cup. What's going on? What are, what are we missing? I think we've had this show for, what, seven, six, seven months now. And we've been talking about this for a long time. I think there is a massive issue in the middle order. And it keeps getting masked by brilliant top order batting and the occasional good finish. Like if you think about Dinesh Karthik and the Nidahas, that was T20, but same sort of principle. There's these one-off amazing knocks by people in the middle and late order. But otherwise, there's been an issue in the middle order and we have not fixed it. It's pretty much the exact inverse of the Indian test team that feels like now it has a pretty rock-solid middle order, but cannot figure out the top order. So I think it's very clear there's an issue. I don't think it's an easy solution. I think the three of us can 
debated here and probably all come up with different solutions. So there's no easy fix for it. I think, you know, we, we talked about Jadhav a little and maybe in, maybe realistically in another side, he wouldn't slot in. But we saw it firsthand this tournament that when you have one of your five bowlers get injured and go off the field like Hardik Pandya did, you need a sixth bowling option. So that's one consideration. They seem to really struggle with KL Rahul. My take from the Asia Cup is they're saying if we're not going to play you in the top three, we're not going to play you at all. And so there's a variety of different moving pieces. It is not easy. I, my personal hope was we would have used this type of a series to, to set up for what we want to do with the World Cup. But it's disappointing. We've been talking about needing to fix this middle order for a long time and it just hasn't happened. And it's I, and I think that's why I'm, I think I'm trying to bring a little more balanced view here, right? Because you can't ask Rohit and Dhawan to fail, right? At the end of the day, you want to win the Asia Cup. So... You're not going to ask them to fail in leading upgrade. You're not going to rest them or make them sit out because they are your best openers. Rahul, to me, is not even a top three anymore. Rahul is a simple, if you're not playing opening, you're not playing. And again, I'm fine, right? Because it's all part of a bigger picture. But DJ, thoughts on Ambati Raidu and Dinesh Karthik overall this tournament, future for both of them? It's interesting that we're sitting here and we're dis- dissecting the... Asia Cup after having won it, I'm pretty sure that the Pakistani and Sri Lankan fans would give anything to have won it. But anyway, going yeah. back to that, I think DK and Raidu are two, I think only one of the two of them can play in any given team. And I think one of them, only one of the two of them will play when uh, Kohli comes back into the team. It's not easy to say which one of them will actually take that number four slot. I think it might be Raidu, given that he's more of a pure batsman. And DK hasn't really performed when the pressure has been on. So, maybe he's no, no longer... Well, I mean, he has chipped in with 30-odd runs. Raidu's batted in a number of places. He's batted at three, he's opened the batting. So, there is a bit of versatility there. But I think only one of the two of them can play. But for me, the bigger concern with all of this... We've talked about Rahul. My biggest concern is actually, sad to say, being a big fan of the man, it's Dhoni. And I don't know whether it was the pitches, I don't know what it was, but... We probably saw him back to his best in one over in the England T20s where he just tore into one of the bowlers, taking 20-odd runs off them in Cardiff. But other than that, I mean, Dhoni just looks like a shadow of his old self. And so, as you pointed out last time, you've got Rishabh Pant, high on confidence, got 100, and he's sitting at home practicing his wicket-keeping. So, I think there's still enough time to get Pant into the ODI scheme of things. And I think we should really be doing that because, I mean, Dhoni has been a great, great player for India. He's been a great captain, a great wicketkeeper. And his wicketkeeping is still top-notch. But I think with the issues in the middle order and the lack of finishing firepower, 48 runs of, of 10 overs against Hong Kong is not acceptable. So, and I think Dhoni's got to take some responsibility for that. Yeah, so very interesting. And in fact, I actually pulled out his IPL stats, right? Because Ashwin, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. Like, what? In, in 10 years of IPL cricket, I think this was his second best season, but by average, etc., by far his best season. He hit 455 runs. His highest score was 79. His average in the 2018 IPL was over 75. Three months later, and again, we're seeing him struggling, batting at a strike rate of 50, 60. I, I, I don't know what, I, I really don't know what's happened and what's, what is India's view going to be on him. Look, I've said this before. I think he's been too good an ambassador of the game and a phenomenal captain, a phenomenal leader. I'm a big fan of MS Dhoni from wherever he started, 2003, 2004, till 2016. I think that the problem is, like with an Alistair Cook, he's too well-respected to be dropped. 
let's just put that on the table. That's just the reality of it. And so I think at some point, either somebody needs to have a conversation with him or he needs to come to the realization on his own, like Cook did, that, hey, I'm doing fine on the domestic circuit. I'm doing okay. I'm doing, I had a great IPL season and stuff, but I just haven't been able to bring it for the country for a while. And maybe it's time to step aside. I think personally, he wants to see through the 2019 World Cup, which is good for him, could be to, de- to the longer term detriment of some of our younger wicket keepers. I mean, like we've been saying, you have Punt and Samson sitting on the sidelines for quite a while now. So I think he just, he needs to come to terms with the fact that He's not playing at the level he, he needed to. I think there's a, there's another difference. I mean, you may think about T20s. I don't know his T20 international record, but maybe maybe as you get older, the sh- you know he'd stop playing tests a while ago. Maybe it's time to say I, I'm not doing ODIs anymore, and just going to focus on the T20 game. Or I just I, it's not working. I think he occasionally brings one beginnings, and then we forget about the 15 failures he's had, and then that buys him another 10 to 12. Then by the 12th to 13th failure. We start to question like we're doing now. Then maybe he'll bring one more beginnings and we'll forget about it again. So I, I, I just want to repeat, I love the guy. He's been an incredible ambassador for the game, an incredible leader and cricketer. But sometimes you have to know when time is up. Yeah, and on the, I'm going to take a separate view on this, right? Because I think in the 2008 VB series, or maybe I'm, uh, the date is wrong, but what I want to say is Dhoni has not, received, not reached the Sachin stature, right? Sachin played till the day he decided he was done. I don't think Dhoni is at that level. At least in all of our minds, he's contributed a lot. He's probably very close to that level. But Dhoni, as a captain, could take a decision that between Gambhir Sevag and Sachin, they are slowing us down in the field. They're ba- um, only two out of the three of them will play. And if Dhoni could take such a stand, what surprises me is why can't somebody take a stand against him? And Dhoni said it himself, right, even seven, eight years ago, that, yeah, everyone gets older. This is the way it goes. Why is nobody taking a stand against him? Is it just that respect element, DJ? I guess he left the test game on his own terms. He still he thinks he's fit enough to play T20. He is fit enough to play ODI cricket. He's excellent with the gloves still. I mean, his stumping in the Bangladesh game was just was just fantastic to get. I think he was litten on 120 and just really quick, very fast hands. But his batting is and it's it's very hard to say why it's fallen away in the international game the difference i think in the ipl is you'll have two good bowlers and then you'll have two not so good bowlers maybe that come on after that whereas in the international game it's constant right so there's no let up of pressure i don't know how well he's certainly part of india's plan for 2019 and kohli would be on board for that i think if this had happened last year pant would have still had a chance I think it's happening maybe a little too late in the day. But it's a backward step for us. And I I mean, I love the guy. He's one of India's greatest cricketers ever. He's won everything that has to be, uh, that has to be won. And he's 37 now, I think. And it's just difficult to see why he's going on playing. He will definitely, I think, retire after 2019, the World Cup. But I don't think he's adding enough to this team. And it's a harsh decision. But someone probably needs to make it if India are to win the 2019 World Cup. I think this may be a crucial issue in the middle. The, one of the reasons he could be retained is his experience in that middle order, given that it's not settled. People maybe think that he's played a lot of games, so he'll be able to control the middle of the innings. But I'm, I'm getting the sense that he's not able to do that. And he's caught between his natural instinct to hit the ball and the complete... It's either gear one or gear six for him. He really doesn't have the ability to go through gears two to five. And that is that is the concern, I think, for India. But the counterbalancing argument to that is the experience that he has batting in one-day international cricket. Yeah, the only thing I forgot to mention yeah. that I'll build quickly is you see him basically 
almost playing surrogate skipper sometimes on the field, right? You see him making, I think there was that, I think it was Shakib Al-Hassan in the first Bangladesh match where you could visibly see him move the the fielder from, I think it was a leg slip to a backward square leg area. And the next ball, Kuldeep tossed it up. He got caught exactly by that position. And this, he's a genius on the field. We, but we've talked about this in the show before. Is is there a spot in the 11 for a dedicated captain or somebody with, with tactical experience? I don't think so. Okay, and also the enough. DRS. I mean, we saw how how much better mm-hmm. reviews were in the Asia Cup as mm-hmm. opposed to England, where you had Dhoni saying yes, that's out, and more often than not, it was out. Mm-hmm. Some brilliant uh, DRS used by him. So that's another thing he brings to ODI cricket. Fair. So good debate, guys. So I think my closing point on this is I think there's value. I think he will play, but I I'm going to make two comments here. One is I think he has to bat at four. Let him bat with Kohli. He is fit. He can run. He's not doing the job as a finisher, so then let's back him at four. And the other prediction I'm going to make is I still feel Rishabh Pant is going to play in ODIs over the next six to eight months. I, I think he's too good, especially for the last 10 overs. So Dhoni will play. I think he needs to play at four. This is my take. And my prediction is Rishabh Pant will also play in ODIs. So, so that wraps up the Asia Cup. Moving on to the West Indies series. Very interesting. India picked the squad yesterday. I think as fans of cricket... It's great to see that the selectors have actually picked a very diverse squad. They have picked the youngsters. Ashwin, thoughts thoughts on the squad against the West Indies for the upcoming test matches? Yeah, so in general, I think I like all all but one decision. But I'll get to that in a second. Look, we're missing out many of our big, of our quick bowlers, right? There's no Bhuvi, no Bumrah. I think they're rested and Ishant is still injured. So from a test standpoint, I think the seamers give me a little bit of reason for concern. I think as you look at, uh, I mean, our spinners are where they are. You have Ashwin Jadeja. You know, I'm happy they retained Kuldeep. I said this on Twitter yesterday, but I think he had one bad test match in England. I've I've been saying this on the show for a while. I think you need to let him get his find his groove as a test cricketer with the red ball in India. So he starts to learn this kind of subtleties, the temperament needed. It's not four overs or 10 overs, right? Sometimes a, a spinner is bowling 27, 28 overs in a day. So I'm happy to see him get another shot. So I think that's great. Feeling pretty positive there. They retained Pant, obviously, on the back of his century in the last test, and Vihari, who I who I really liked seeing. I thought he has a lot of potential for the future, can bowl a couple of overs as well, so I think he's earned that slot. And then at the top of the order, the other big change was that Dhawan and Vijay are both out. And look, I think it must be it must be a weird feeling for Dhawan. Well, let's start with Rohit and Dhawan, both the openers who did phenomenally in the Asia Cup, both top five ranked ODI batsmen. Neither has made the test side, and I, but I think that's the right call. I think there's a big difference between white ball and red ball cricket. The Indian cricket calendar is just insane. I mean, there's no breaks. We're what four days away from starting the test against the West Indies, and we were after three days of ending the England series, we started the Asia Cup. So it is the right thing to say we need Dhawan and Rohit to be our white ball superstars. And so they, they I don't think they should be playing red ball cricket. The one last thing I'll say is, is Murli Vijay. I think I felt he was a little hard done in the England series. My gut says, if you remember, when he toured Australia the last time around, he averaged more than 60. I think he made a century and a couple of 50s. I think he will be back on that flight for Australia if he can have a couple of good domestic matches. But I think it's the right thing to be pushed, persisting with Rahul. I, I'm just not sure who the who the second opener is going to be because you have Kohli and Pujara still. So maybe it's going to be Prithvi Shaw. DJ, I'll let you talk about that one. I think it is going to be Prithvi Shaw, isn't it? The child prodigy with 546 runs in, in a school match. Captain India to an under-19 World Cup win. Played for the Derry Daredevils. I was actually watching a show about the uh, the one that Nasir Hussain does about the Mumbai Maidans. 
and he's talking to Prithvi Shaw and he talks about how Prithvi Shaw comes from Virar to uh, the Oval Maidan and it's 70 kilometers one way every day how he used to do that trip wow. and I mean there's some stories which are just insane even the Vihari story about how his father passed away and how his mother invested in his cricket career I mean the, these guys have sacrificed so much and worked so hard to get to this level um, I mean another guy who's slightly been done hard by is Karun Nair who without really being given a shot at proving himself in England has been dropped from the squad entirely so maybe I mean it's, it's hard on some of these players I mean they've worked so hard they've given up so much of their lives they've reached the, the top of their careers so I think Karun Nair will come back a stronger player he's he's not having the best time he's a good player obviously he got that 300 against England in Chennai what I do like though is Mayank Agarwal being in, included in this squad he has basically smashed the door down with runs at domestic cricket and India A cricket and he's made himself impossible to overlook so i'd i'd quite like to actually see and i think rahane will come under pressure from agarwal for that number 5 spot and i think it's good to have competition for that number 5 spot yes rahane is a vice captain but he has been out of sorts and maybe it is time to give somebody else a bit of a run there rahane is absolute class don't get me wrong but i think there comes a time where he needs to go back to domestic cricket score runs get into that confidence again get into that flow get into his rhythm he's had a very difficult time of it in international cricket he hasn't had a great ipl so i think rahane needs a little bit of a break and mayank agarwal if he can grab his opportunity i'd like to see him bat at the number 5 spot for india the other change i'd like to have seen is and i'm sure ashwin will come back to this is khalil yes as somebody i think pointed out he hasn't got a great first class career but i mean there's so much to be said for variety you need a left arm bowler in in today's cricket i mean having we saw it in england when sam curran was left out that was the test match we won because england had four of the same bowlers four right arm seamers and the moment sam curran came back it was at different angle he was taking wicket he was scoring runs and i think khalil showed us he's bowling at 140 kilometers per hour he's quick he's young he'll only get stronger and it's time to give him a shot against what would be a slightly weaker team so i mean i would have liked to see him in that squad to show give him that confidence that yes you can play international cricket you can play international test cricket so those are my few thoughts on india versus west indies obviously the cricket calendar is completely crazy as as varun pointed out with this starting i think it's on the 4th which is is it friday thursday Th- wow okay so it's not even the end of the week it's thursday yeah. but yeah i mean king kohli is back interesting that he's basically just skipped the asia cup and gone from one test match to another so he's showing a preference for format irrespective of who he's playing so i find that slightly interesting as well yeah okay so i think that that's good my yeah, my two cents on that is i'm very excited shaw is playing i think it's the perfect platform for him to take his debut make some runs he will bat all four innings because he will open make some runs and take that confidence into australia and i actually think the number 6 slot is what mayank agarwal or, or vihari will be vying for and you never know they both might get a go at number 6 because remember pandya when you think of our test team for australia you've got the five bowlers picked up right so i have a feeling mayank agarwal and vihari vihari no actually that's that's not true because rishabh pant will take the number 6 spot so you're right dile rahane rahane could be under pressure personally let's see let's see how it goes if they if they make one of them play at the expense of rahane and and shardul okay. ashwin Shardul. Yeah, I I'm don't want to spend too much time on it. I just hope he doesn't get one of the two tests. I'm shocked. I'm appalled. I'm pretty disappointed that he's even back in the squad. There's obviously Varun asked this earlier about our middle order, but there's something I must be missing because I've looked at, I've watched him play a plenty of games now. I've seen he sliced his stats 
as many ways as you can. There's nothing there for me. So I, I, I mean, hey, either he'll prove me wrong, in which case I'll be happy to eat my words, or I hope he doesn't get a slot. I think he needs to go back, play some domestic cricket, and really, like, really get a ton of wickets to really justify his part in the team. Yeah, an average of 29 in domestic cricket isn't great. I mean, you've got, I think Siraj has got an average of 18 or something, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's someone called Gurbani who's got an average of 19. Thakur isn't. I don't think he's the best that we've got at the moment. I mean, his first-class average and his first-class stats are pretty much the same as Ashok Dinda, and that should be telling. That should tell you everything you need. Ashok Dinda has never wow. made a test side. But at least Ashok okay. Dinda brought in the headband. Yeah, now it's called <laughs> now Siddharth Collins. Right? Okay, last quick before our quiz, Australia has announced two vice captains, Hazelwood and Mitch Marsh. DJ, very quickly, what thoughts on that? It could get confusing. I, I, I found it absolutely absurd. So, I tweeted to some of the Australian podcasters out there, asking them, so how does how is this going to work if somebody like, I don't know, if Tim Payne wants to go and have like a, a toilet break or something, who's going to take over? Is there a senior vice captain and an assistant vice captain? Who, who takes over it? And as it is, I mean, they've had so much of this quote-unquote leadership group concept. Surely, they should just like streamline their leadership and have one guy in charge and one guy to assist him if needed when he's off the field. I find it absurd. I mean, it's it's captaincy by committee, which is always a bad idea to my mind. It's almost like this corporate world where you'll have a partner, then you'll have a senior partner, then you'll have a junior partner, then a junior senior partner. So there's almost, there's no end to this, right? But yeah, I found it interesting. It's, maybe it's more people to take the blame when another Sandgate type incident happens. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so it'll be interesting. So that's our wrap up on the show side. I'm gonna hand over to Ashwin to do the quiz. Okay. So and just, just remember that the last two were won by me. So yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's let's let the record state that. Okay. Today I tried something a little bit different. So the format of our quiz is a bit different. But the theme is the gentleman we spent a lot of the show talking about is our man MS Dhoni. The entire quiz is about MS Dhoni, the ODI cricketer. So all, remember, all his questions, all our questions about Dhoni in ODIs. Here's the format, guys. I have ten questions. There are two questions each worth one point to two points, three points, four points, and five points. So we'll go turn by turn. You can pick. The one-pointers are pretty easy. The five-pointers are pretty hard, but obviously worth that much more. We'll try it. If it works, I'm happy to do this one in the future again, but let's give that a shot. So Varun, since you won last time, you get to pick first. So you pick what point value you want. Do you want a one, two, three, four, or five-pointer? Two. Two-pointer. This is whoever's closest wins. Varun, what is MS Dhoni's average in ODIs? Batting average. Crap. Uh... 48. DJ? 50. That one goes to DJ. 50.62. So, nicely done. So, DJ gets two points. DJ, you pick the next question. Uh, let's go for a five-pointer. Let's go for a five-pointer. All right. Some of these were kind of designed that they'll become easier if uh, you've done the other ones, but let's give this a shot. This is also closest to wins. What is MS Dhoni's career strike rate when chasing, when batting second? DJ, you got right. Um, 91. Varun? 90. Oh, Varun takes it. It's actually 80.9, which is what I thought was interesting as we're talking about him as the cricketer. Fun fact, in the past three years, his strike rate while chasing is 69. So he's obviously not oh, able wow. to accelerate while batting second. Okay, so there's eight questions left. Varun, you pick this one. The score is five to two because DJ went big. And then he went home. <laughs> Finish it off in style, dude. Wait for the end. All right. <laughs> Varun, all points. Finishes it off in style. 
I'll take a three. You'll take a three. This one is also closest wins. What is MS Dhoni's career strike rate? Oh, shit. The design of this was that you guys would go in ascending order, so we'd start with career strike rate and then chasing. But that's okay. We'll go backwards. What is his career strike rate? Closest wins. Uh, 110. DJ? 100. Yeah, the correct answer is 87. You guys yeah, giving him a lot more credit. 110 for a career strike rate of the guy who chases at 80. Dude, you have yeah, my level of maths now. Yeah, that means every time they bat first, he's at 130, 135. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I think yeah. both of our match tutors. That is the conclusion wow. to this. <laughs> okay, scores are tied now at 5 all. DJ, this one is your pick. listening to this podcast. That would be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. DJ, your pick. And Kyao. <laughs> so it's 5 each, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, let's go with a one-pointer. One-pointer. How many yeah. closest wins? How many career runs in, has Memes only scored in ODIs? Uh, 9,940. 9,940. Varun? 9,939. Ooh, he crossed 10. He's a 10-1-2-3. Oh, so that's shit. a point for DJ. But that was a well-played. You're letting the, game, the art of the game. Just go one above or one below and you'll be closest. Well played. So DJ has the lead at six to five. Four questions are done. Six questions to go. Varun, you're up. Two. This the last two pointers. So this is not all play. This is just you and there's no stealing. Since the end of the 2015 World Cup, what batting position has MS Dhoni played most of his innings in? Since the end. Since the end six. of the 2015 World Cup. That is incorrect. The correct answer is five. Oh, 47 yeah. innings, 19 of them at number 5. So, Unbelievable. So that's the Have you score. watched any cricket, Varun? Have you <laughs> no, been watching India man. play cricket? <laughs> okay, let's keep this going. Uh, so there's no more two-pointers left, DJ. Your pick. I'll take another one-pointer, man. We'll take a one-pointer. In his entire career, in his entire mm-hmm. career, which position has he batted most of his innings? Six. That one is number six. So that was interesting, right? If you think about it, he's batted at six most of his entire career and five since the end of the 2015 World Cup. So DJ takes another point, scores seven to five, still plenty of points on the board. Varun, you're up. Uh, One-pointers and two-pointers are over. One-pointers and two-pointers are done. We have one four and then we have another three four. You picked number four, you said? Yeah. All right. What is MS Dhoni's batting strike rate in the year 2018? In international ODIs. In ODIs only, international. Is this a closest win or no? Closest. Sorry, this is the closest wins. Uh, 75. DJ? 74. Ooh, DJ gets 4.8. It's actually 67. So, again, oh, shows you a lot of what we've been talking about, right? This year, he hasn't just not been able to accelerate. So, that's four points for DJ. Well played. 11 to 5. 11 to 5. <laughs> Three questions on the board, but uh, there's 12 points left on the board. So, anything could happen still. DJ, you're up. There's a three, a four, and a five. Three, three pointer. All right. Again, this is only for you. There's no, there's no closest wins. Against how many different countries has MS Dhoni scored more than a thousand runs? It's less than ten, huh? Eighteen point three. I'm gonna say six. That is incorrect. So no points on that question. Oh, the correct answer is four. The, he scored a thousand runs or more against Australia, England, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. So four times. He must have scored like a 
I think, yeah, Sri Lanka by far is the most. It's 2400 or something like that. I don't remember. All right. Two questions left. Score is 11 to 5 and then nine points on the board. Varun, I think you need to pick a, you need to pick the five-pointer to have a chance. Okay, five-pointer. All right. Against which country has MS Dhoni scored the least number of runs? Where he bat, where he went out to bat. So, for example, he's played one ODI against Scotland where he didn't bat. That doesn't count. So where MS Dhoni went out to bat, has, has batted against an opposition, against which country has he scored the least number of ODI runs? <laughs> is this, oh my God, is this a trick question? It's not really. It's pretty topical. Mm. Okay, I'm going to take a punt in this, but... Okay, give me a hint. Is it a left field question or... I gave you a hint. I said it's pretty topical. Oh, this brotherly love is over now. Come on, out of the answer, quick. <laughs> Uh, crap. I'm going to say Afghanistan. That is correct. That's a five yeah. pointer. He's playing. Literally <laughs> the easiest question. Yeah, of course, dude. It's a pure and hard. I don't think it's Hong topical. Kong. It's topical. We're talking about Afghanistan. Okay. No, I thought it was Hong Kong. He. Bermuda, he said. Bermuda, he's, he didn't go out to bat. No, no, he did. He did. He made, he made 29. Hong Kong. But Hong Kong, did he make zero? Yeah, but he's played them once before where he made a century. He made 109. So, good save. <laughs> yeah. um, thank God. Oh, so, you could have said Hong Kong also. Yeah, he was 109 not out. So, actually, his average against oh, Hong Kong is 109. Nice. But Afghanistan, he's played one match and he made eight. So, well played. All right, nice. I, I gave you false hope on that, actually. I did the math wrong. The score is 11 to 10, and the last question is DJ's. So, this is already a done deal, but I'm going to ask you the last question, DJ. From how many different batting positions, this is a four-pointer, from how many different batting positions does MS Dhoni have more than 1,000 runs? It's going to be three. That is correct. Well played. He's yes. batting at number four, five, and six. Four, Interestingly, five, and six. he has 993 runs at number three. So I would oh, have, if you had guessed, 183 from there. From right? number three, so he's played a few innings at number three, and he's got 993. So the final scores are 15 to 10. Pretty oh. close, well played. Varun only got two five pointers, so at least we know that he's good for the big questions. DJ, he's like Pakistan. Accumulated all the finals. Yeah, yeah. always in the finals. <laughs> if they, get, if they there. get there. Well played, Jets. That's the end of my quiz. Varun, back to you. All right. So, thank you, everyone, for the show. We'll be back again next week. We'll talk about the India-West Indies test match. And, yeah, do follow us. Tell your friends to listen in. And, yeah, we'll keep growing as you guys listen and recommend us. So, thank you, everyone. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled, but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. 
Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>